0: the Derate the Hate podcast. I am your host, Wilk of Wilkesworld.com, and I am so incredibly grateful that you are taking the time to join me for another powerful DTH episode. Friends, at the Derate the Hate podcast, it's all about bettering the world one attitude at a time. See, we did not create the hate, but with your help, we can derate the hate. That all starts with gratitude and personal accountability. We cannot control everything that happens to us in life but we can control how we react to it. How we act, how we react, no matter what happens to us, how we react to it makes the difference. Friends, there is only one good thing about a bad attitude, and that is that we have the ability as individuals to change it. Here on the DTH Podcast, we strive to bring you great guests and provide tools to do just that. Please be sure to share it with your friends, subscribe if you haven't done so, Ratings and feedback are always greatly appreciated. And with that, let's get to this week's episode. So often we enter a conversation or an argument and we forget to ask the most important question there is. Why? Why do you feel the way that you do? Why do you believe what you believe? Why do I believe what I believe? People forget to ask the why. And that is often the largest obstacle we face in being a good communicator. Communicating our point effectively often begins with the why. Understanding the point of other people often begins with understanding the why. We have to understand the why before we can understand the other side of the argument. And we have to understand the other side of the argument to effectively communicate or effectively argue with those whom we disagree. My guest this week, Brendan Kumarasamy, knows very well, very, very well how to be an effective communicator. That's what he does. He's a rock star communicator and has nearly 30,000 followers on his Master Talks YouTube channel. Welcome to the DTH podcast, my new friend. Brendan Kumarasamy to talk about how do we get to the why and how do we be more effective communicators. Here we go. Brendan Kumarasamy, thank you for joining me on the D Rate the Hate podcast, man. I appreciate your time today. And uh, I've been looking at your stuff on, on YouTube, my friend. This master talk on YouTube has got some incredible tips for people who, and, and there's so many people out there that struggle with public speaking and just communicating their their points in general. Brendan, talk to me about how you got started with your Master Talk channel on YouTube. For sure, Wilk, and the pleasure is absolutely
1: mine. Thanks so much for having me on the show. So it all started when I was in college. I went to business school. And my goal is never to be an entrepreneur. I never want to be a YouTuber. Never want to be a communication coach. But what happened, Will was while I was studying in accounting of all things, I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So all the guys my age are playing football or playing baseball or basketball. I wasn't one of those guys, woke. Well, I did presentations competitively, and that's how I learned how to speak. But then as I got older, I was coaching a lot of the students for free in college just to help them out to win these competitions. And I accidentally got really good at coaching it. And that's what led to the YouTube channel and what we have
0: today. Nice. Nice. So like I said, there's so many people out there, Brennan, who, you know, one of the things I I guess, let me step back for a second. D-Rate Day podcast, all about bettering the world one attitude at a time, all about having more civil conversations with people that we may or may not disagree with. But the reality is, is too many people today do not know how to effectively communicate their position on a topic in a way that the that the that the person that they're speaking with or speaking to understands. So communication skills are lacking. So that's why what you do, Brendan, is so important. And that's why I wanted to talk to you today, because you've got some incredible tips. That, I, that I've seen on, on your YouTube channel for communication and how to effectively communicate our position. Talk to me, start from the beginning. If I'm having a conversation with you and I want to effectively communicate my position to you on something that, that I know you don't agree with, Brendan, where do I start? What, how do I, what's the first step? For sure, Wilk.
1: And the first step might surprise you because there's a bunch of steps we'll cover today. But let's start with number one, which is get excited about it. And I know that sounds really bizarre, but hear me out. A lot of us, we dream about our businesses, our careers, our families, our relationships, our health. Oh, I'm going to buy this watch. I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to buy this car. When was the last time we dreamed about our communication skills? And the answer, Wilk, is no one. No one dreams about their communication skills. Nobody wakes up and goes, Man, if I became a great speaker, imagine how it changed the relationships around me. So I would start with that because a lot of the languaging, a lot of the flavoring around communication, Wilk is very negative. It's stress. It's oh my God, I hope I don't push Wilkes buttons or is he's gonna kick me off the show. Oh, I hope we don't do this or Brendan's gonna do something bad. Like we always go there. Instead of starting, wait a second. Communication is about leading a more fulfilling life team. It's about the way we raise our children. It's about the way we talk to our family. It's about the way we make new friends. And once we realize that communication is about leading a more fulfilling life, then we can have a more healthier conversation. So let me just start there before we jump into the tactics.
0: Yeah, leading a more fulfilling life through better communication. You're right. I I don't think that there's anybody out there, Brendan, who's just dreaming about being a better communicator it's not something we you don't see little kids in the living room playing and and saying or, or doing what they do that they, you know they, they want to be a, a fireman or or, or policeman or or <laughs> my daughter she's very much into heavy equipment operating i don't know it's very funny Wow, but but you don't see yeah she watches like this this guy blippy on there and or, <laughs> or, or or the little gecko and They're always off in some landfill or something and get the the, the backhoes and the dump trucks and stuff like that. But so, yeah, I think she's going to be a construction worker when she gets older, but it's very funny. It's awesome. But yeah, you don't see them grabbing a microphone and then standing up there on the podium and saying, how can I be a better communicator? Little kids aren't doing that. I don't think adults are either. So when they really want to make their point, Uh, or or get their point across to somebody who may not be the most receptive of audiences. They just don't have the skills to do it. You know, it's not something that they've practiced. It's not something that they they've really done as a, as a conscious exercise often enough to be a strong communicator. So what's the, how do we go from there?
1: Absolutely. look. So there's three different perspectives of how we can have a disagree, like a thoughtful disagreement with somebody. But there's another piece to that, which I encourage people to go through first, then we'll jump into those three points. It's the idea that when we learn how to argue, we need to begin with the people that are already bought into us in our message. And we need to learn how to get better arguing with them. So let's say, for example, me and you. Me and you are great practice partners because we're both open-minded, we both want to have the conversation, and we need to start by improving the quality of our own conversations. Let's say we're like family members, and I'm in Minnesota, and I'm having Thanksgiving with you guys, right? So so in that context, what we're doing is we're practicing for the harder conversations. So this is why my context first is make sure you're starting this with people you actually like people you actually want to keep a conversation going with where the relationship you value enough to want to do then do it with people you don't like and that you don't agree with either so i would start there now in terms of what do we do tactically within that conversation three points that i always like to raise number one always start with gratitude and what you have in common this is what boggles my mind in the world. It's not any country in specific, but I'll just give an example with America is let's say we have the red and the blue. We got Republicans and Democrats. But the thing is that we're forgetting is that 99% of both of those parties have everything in common. It's just that 1% that the media is always pointing out. And let me give a simple analogy. We're all watching Netflix. We're all eating Big Macs at McDonald's. We're all going to the same parks. We're all going to the same places. So it would make no sense that we would fundamentally disagree about everything. So for me, it starts with what do we have in common? So even if me and you, we don't live in the same place, we come from different backgrounds, different countries, 90% is probably in common. So that's one. The second piece, which you've probably discussed in the podcast, but it's worth bringing up, is a concept called steel manning that most people aren't Aren't practicing. And steel manning is simply the idea that before you give your perspective, you need to first argue the other person's side. So let's say me and you are having a thoughtful disagreement. I would start, I wouldn't go, hey, Wilk, I believe this. You're wrong. That's not good.
0: It generally doesn't work very well. Does it? It doesn't work (laughs) at anything. (laughs) No, no, it doesn't. Yeah, my friend Angel Eduardo, you can definitely definitely, uh, get into steel manning more, but but yeah, I first heard about steel Manning with my friend Angel Eduardo, and uh, yeah, he he talks about steel Manning all the time and the importance of that in in civil conversation and, and civil discourse. So so definitely get into uh, Brendan, get into steel Manning a little bit more for those who who have not heard about that.
1: Absolutely, and to be frank, I always did it, but I didn't know it was called that just three weeks ago. So so there you go. So it's news to me too. So what is steelmanning? It simply means that before you argue your own side – because you already know the arguments that you're going to bring for what you believe in. So the other piece that remains is to argue why the other person is right. And this is what we call thoughtful disagreement. Uh, let me give you an example, a little trailer. So it sounds something like, Wilk, I know your position is X because you believe this. Is that true? And then you're like, yeah, Absolutely. But the point I would just like to add on that is that argument is missing this point from my side. So what I'm doing is I'm steelmanning your argument first, and then I give my perspective. So it's still going to create a tension, but it's going to create a lot less tension. And the reason is because you're starting with the other person in mind, which brings me to number three, which is a simple idea. Whenever we want to influence somebody, whenever we want to talk to somebody, and I'll give a simple example in a marriage around this, we always want to realize that if we want to get our way, we need to communicate why our way benefits you. So example around this. Let's say you and, I don't know, like I'm not going to say you, but somebody and their wife is debating whether or not to get Mexican food or Chinese food tonight. Okay, pretty simple. And you love Mexican food, and you hate Chinese food. So the wrong way to do it is you go to your wife and you go, hey, I hate Chinese food, we're going to have Mexican food. I really don't like Chinese food. It's not good. The waiter sucks the the service is what. so you're making it about you versus Mexican food about them. Hey, babe, We should totally get Mexican food tonight. They have your favorite quesadillas. They got 50% off on Thursday. I'll buy you four and I'll pay for both of us. So notice how now I'm making it about you. So you want to be convinced of my argument.
0: No doubt. That is, it's it's one of those things that I first understood when I read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and talking about synergy as opposed to, or, or, you know, synergize versus compromise. Because once you bring in the other side's point of view and and, and make it more about them than it is about you, you are always going to get a much better response. And and you're going to go a lot further in your journey towards getting them on your side if you make it about them. Because as as soon as you start with, if your stepping stone is, this is why I want to do this, a lot of times that other side just tunes out.
1: One thousand percent. The other side definitely tunes out, which brings us to the most important question to ask others, and it's a three-letter word. And you already know what it is. Well, but for the audience, it's why. why. Why? Why is that important too? Whereas a lot of us in conversation, we use what we call close-ended questions, which simply just means a yes or a no. Do you what? Do you believe this? Yes or no. Yes. Do you believe abortion should be legal? Yes or no. Yes. No. So whoever's on the other side of the argument, they're they're naturally in conflict, which defeats the purpose of an argument because nothing's always binary. There's always something that is gray. That's where the answer lies. That's where the truth lies, which means we need to train ourselves to deliver open-ended questions. And I'm not asking your audience today to be super poetic about this. It just starts with why. And I'll give you a funny personal story. And I'd love to hear where where you use this in your life too, Will. I was uh, 12 years old, 12 or 13 years old. Me and my mom used to fight all the time, all the time. And the reason is because I was a pest. Like, that's definitely one piece. I was a 12, 13 year old kid. But the other thing I think
0: that comes natural for 12 or 13 year old kids. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: And then the other piece, though, is we come from a different value system. So she was born and raised in a third world country, in Sri Lanka, which is a country south of India. Whereas me, I was born in Canada, first world country. So the the value system is different. So I'll give you something crazy, like my or that I thought was crazy at the time. So my mom would not let me eat at a friend's house if they were not from our own ethnicity. So I always got really pissed off around that, but she's not racist, right? So I was always like, Geez, like, why are you? Doing? So I was always mad at her around that. So what most of us are listening to this podcast, our immediate thought is, oh, Brendan's mom must be a bad person. That's their immediate thought, right? And right. that's the mistake. So versus one day I did something that no other 12-year-old kid does with their mother. I sat her down and I just asked her, why? Why does this bother you, mom? You know who she is. She's like another 13-year-old kid that I was play with. Why is this a problem for you? And then she told me, she's like, "Oh well, you know, when I, where I'm from, Brendan, there was a civil war in Sri Lanka. We always had our doors closed. We don't we don't trust people." And I was like, "Ah, that makes sense." And then I just told her, "Hey, we don't live there anymore." And I got to eat at my friend's place. Anyways, point being, most of us don't ask the why.
0: Yeah, that why is so important. And and you're right, a lot of people don't ask the question. And and that's that's that should be the first part of the question because. That why gives you an insight into their side of the argument, and you can't you can't do the steel manning, you can't do the working from their perspective if you don't know the why. And, and I, I think that's an awesome story with you know talking about your mom and and, and you're right. So many twelve year old kids they don't ask the why because they don't care about the why. They don't. That's that's the thing is is as a child. You don't care about the why. The only thing you care about as a child is me. I go back to my daughter. My daughter's three years old. She does what she wants to do. And now at this point, at three years old, she can't comprehend most of the why. But even I'll even go to my 14-year-old son. He doesn't care about the why. So he's not going to ask the why. The why is actually part of growing up. The why is part of maturity, and when you start to care about the why, that's when you start to really grow up. That's when you start to care about others. For you as a 12-year-old young man, uh, Brendan, that would ask your mom, why? Why is this important to you? What is it about the idea of me going to eat at somebody else's house that isn't of our ethnicity? That bothers you, you know, and and then, you know, that's that is an awesome story. That's an awesome example, Brendan, because, uh, again, there are so many adults that don't understand that concept, let alone children. And the fact that, uh, you know, if, if we could just as as adults teach our children to ask the why, to care about the why, the conversations become that much easier, don't they? I mean beautifully stated,
1: Will, but you actually brought up the million dollar question in indirectly, which is how do we get people to care about the why? How do you get someone to care about the why? That's why I set the context at the beginning of this conversation. Because yeah, sure, steel manning's a concept. Yes, yeah, start with what you agree with, then have thoughtful disagreement, spend spend an hour a week and watch people you fundamentally disagree with, but there's a problem. And the problem with those strategies is no one will do it if they're not inclined to. So how do we bridge that gap? Which brings us back to that personal story that I was telling you. What made me do that? I couldn't explain it as a 12-year-old kid, but as a 13-year-old kid that I am now, I can probably explain it better. (laughs) And the answer is, what did I want my relationship with my mother to actually look like? And this is the mistake most of us make with our families. Let's forget about the rest of the world for a second. Because the reason I can have a thoughtful conversation with you is not just because you're awesome, because you are, but because I already did the hard work of having conversations with other people, so it builds up my skill set to the most. So if I meet a complete stranger, which we technically are, even if it doesn't feel that way, we're, we're having a super cool conversation. But that's not something most people are trained to do. So what's the crux here? The crux is... A concept I've coined called relationship visioning. So a lot of us focus on the relationship. Let's say it's our mom. Okay, let's just use that as a placeholder. It could be a brother, it could be a cousin, it doesn't matter. That you fundamentally disagree with, whether it's politically, whether it's culinary, it doesn't matter. Just something you just, man, like I just hate that we disagree on this thing. Abortion, put pick anything, pick any fight, it doesn't matter. Sure. But the mistake that we make, Wilk is we don't ask ourselves what do we want that relationship to look like tomorrow do i want to always disagree with this person do i always always want to get into fights with this person and i did that with my mom indirectly where i said okay we're always fighting all the time but i don't want that to be with my relationship with my mother she's like she's a great person same thing with my sister and i live with my mom and my sister and i haven't argued with them in a decade brother in a decade that was nice. i don't even Yeah, it's 10 years, but that's not an accident. That's because I made a conscious decision to say, wait a second. I don't want my relationship – forget about strangers. I don't want my relationship with my mother and my sister to get in the way of our disagreements. So I made a conscious effort to work on it, and now I can thoughtfully disagree with anybody and, and have super awesome, cool conversations. But it starts with the person so I would encourage people, think about that one person you fundamentally disagree with in your life that you wish you had a better relationship with. Start with that person, because that's the person who will want you to say why.
0: Absolutely. No, and you're right. It, it It's just like anything else. It takes practice. It takes practice. And and I think we've all got stories or, or most people in our lives, Brendan, have stories of uh, whether it be a parent or a sibling or... Uh, that one person at work or at school that we, we just cannot get along with, but we want to. If it's a familial situation, obviously there's situations, whether it be holidays or, or birthdays or, or whatever, we're going to see that person. We are going to see that person and we don't want it to be uncomfortable every time that we see them. Or, or if it's at work or at school, we are all put in situations in life constantly where we are having to interact with people that we don't necessarily like or or don't necessarily want to be around, but we have to be. We have to be around them. So if we have to be around them, we better try. We better put in the effort to make that situation better. We, We better try to figure out how, to have an amicable interaction because if we don't it's going to cause much bigger problems in the long run
1: well stated the only layer i'll add to that so it's kind of like two parts right the first part is exactly what you nailed the head on which is there's people in our life that will always disagree with that we have to get along with but the only piece i would add to that will is i fundamentally believe that's a much smaller percentage of people than people think because whenever we think it's like, oh, it's at work, I'm always disagreeing with people, and the reason is because the expectation of that difference has changed over time. Let me give you a simple example. Let's say 50 years. Ago, I was alive 50 years ago. But let's say 50 years ago. Let's say I was like Democrats or Republicans. It's just easy to explain, but they're just placeholders. It doesn't matter. It could be any country, sure. any political sure. system, right? So let's say the Democrats and Republicans, when they argue, politicians, let's say 50 years ago, they would have a beer after. They would go to a restaurant after and just hang out with their kids and their sure. families. They don't do that anymore. So the, the challenge becomes, and I think this is the crux of the problem. We don't focus enough effort on what's good about this person. So let's say me and you, right? Let's say we're like, we're buddies and we hang out. Let's say I live in Minnesota and I find out so many great things about you. And then there's one thing that we just fundamentally disagree with. What the, but the problem is, is we focus too much on that one thing and it ruins our friendship versus me going, Oh, well, we're not supposed to agree with everything anyways. And I like 95% of Wilk, 97% of Wilk. So let's just stay friends. And, and that expectation has changed because now it's become a hundred or zero. And I think that's really unhealthy. So we need to change that from, Hey, instead of for everybody we disagree with, how about we start by making a list with everything we love about them? Just making that list consciously, and we realize really quickly that
0: uh that we can just let bygones be bygones at the end of the day. life is short absolutely no it, you know you make such a such an incredible point there Brendan. the fact that we live in a society or, or so many people live in in these tribalistic societies nowadays where either you believe and and walk in lockstep with a hundred percent of what I say or we're enemies. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It, it it causes so much pain in this world. I think it's probably the, the, uh, the catalyst for for so much of the violence and so much of the hate that we see, you know, when you make such great points, you know, you and I, we may, we may agree with even if it's 80%, it doesn't even have to be 90 or 95%. If we agree on on 80% of, of what our, our core values are and, and the things that, that we believe in as, as human beings, isn't that good enough to at least get along? But but so many people today, they just they 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 zone out, they tune out that 95% commonality that we have, or you know, 80, 85, 90% commonality we have, and focus solely on that five, 10% of the things that we probably don't agree on. When the reality is, is is if we were having the conversations and just said, you know what, there are certain things that we are just not going to talk about. We can have the conversation. You know, how do we get to the why? How do we care about the why? You know, we can have those conversations and there's still going to be things that we disagree on. It happened. But you know what? That doesn't have to be the focus of our relationship. That doesn't have to be the focus of what we talk about each time we're together. If we're sitting in my driveway having a cold beer and we have to focus on the 5% of things in our lives that we disagree on, it's ridiculous. Why not talk about the 95% of the things that we agree on and enjoy that cold beer in the driveway? Right. I mean, so you make so much good, you know, so many good points there. And it really all starts with the correct communication, the right communication, starting with that question, why? Why do you feel this way? Okay, I can understand. I can focus, or I I don't focus, but I can understand why you have your why. And that's fine. I'm not going to get there. I will continue to think about my why, and here is my why. Now we at least know but we also know that that's not something that we're going to focus our relationship on. I like it, man. I love the
1: way you stated it. I can't even add anything. That's great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, that's good stuff. Uh, Brendan, it's, that is, uh, it's very good stuff. It's, it's so important, but what I want people to take away from this more than anything else is communication is so incredibly important. Communication is so incredibly important. You've got to get to the why, how do we get to the why? And uh, if if that's that's the that's the biggest thing I want everybody to get out of uh, of my conversation with you today, Brendan, how do we get to the why?
1: How do we get to the why? I love that, and it's it's really the crux of it. And I think the last point to end on really is is the changing of the energy. So notice how when I said, "How would your life change if you're an exceptional communicator?" You go, "Ha! Huh, I never really thought about that." So as that completely changes the dynamic. Of the conversation versus, okay, me and Wilk are gonna enter this debate and only one of us is gonna walk out of this alive. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's it, the, notice how the energy is just different. And and that's the challenge I've had with what That's why I felt I had something to say. Because a lot of people, when they talk about communication, it's always so rigid. It's like, no, you need to do it like this. You need to do this. You need to do it like this. Whereas me, it was more of, What are you excited about? Like, what is it about communication that drives you? And when you find that motivation, and for some people, it's more money. For some people, it's a promotion. For some people, it's sales. But in the context of today's conversation, it's really about saying, and this is one of my big whys, hey, wait a second. If I became a better communicator, me and my mom could get along forever. Me and my sister can get along forever. And there's no price tag on that. When you look back at your life at the end of it and say, wow, like I had such a great community because I chose to be a better communicator. Not a speaker on the stage, but a better
0: communicator with the people that I really care about. So important. So important, Brandon. That that yeah, when you take inventory of of your whole life's work and what you do at the end of it, do you want to be that one person that that says I did not have anybody around me I could get along with? Or do you want to do you want to be somebody that says I got along famously with almost everybody I came in contact with because I can communicate, I can understand them, they can understand me, and we're all better people for it. One thousand percent. So cool, Brendan. Thank you very much. I, uh, I I would certainly encourage that everybody check out the Master Talk channel on YouTube. You have, uh, you've definitely changed my, uh, or not changed my, but you've definitely helped enlighten my mind on on certain things when it comes to, uh, comes to speaking and having conversations. And when it comes to, uh, bettering the world, like we're here to do, bettering the world one attitude at a time, you have to be able to communicate your point and you have to have those conversations. Thank you, Brendan. It's been so great. I appreciate it. And, uh, we'll look forward to speaking with you again, my friend. Pleasure is absolutely mine, Wilk. Thanks for having me. Friends, if there's anything in this episode that provided exceptional value to you, please make sure to hit that share button. Share it with your friends, share it far and wide. And of course, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe right from our website so you can get the Derate the Hate podcast sent to your email inbox every week. So this is Wilk wrapping up for the week saying, get out there, be kind to one another. Be grateful for everything that you've got and remember it's up to you to make each and every day the day that you want it to be. If there is something that you would like to share with me, you can catch me on most social media platforms or you can email me directly, wilk at wilksworld.com. With that, my friends, I am going to back on out of here and we will catch you next week. Take care.